Hello, my name is Erwin Martin. I'm a business advocate with the Von Gehr Consulting Group. Today's presentation is going to be about how do you determine your ideal customer? Some tips and tools that you can use in your business or if you're starting a business to do it as part of your business plan. First, why do you need an ideal customer? That is an excellent question. It comes down to it, time is money. Your time equals your money and your customer's time equals their money. You don't want to waste your money and your time, and they don't want to waste their time, and they don't want to waste their money. Second, it helps you be effective and efficient with your marketing budget. Regardless if it's a booming economy or an economy in a recession, being effective and efficient with your marketing budget has the largest return on investment. And lastly, you want to maximize your sales. For the amount of effort and time you're putting in with the customer, you want to maximize the number of products and services that they purchase from you. So where do you begin? Well, you have to kind of know who your customer already is. Review your current customer list. Find out who buys from you and how frequently they buy from you and why they buy from you so frequently. Find out who barely buys from you out of your customer list and why do they barely buy from you. It's very important that you understand this. Review your marketplace. Review in your market who buys from your competitors and how frequently they buy from your competitors and why, as well as who barely buys from your competitors and why they don't want to buy from your competitors. It's very important that you understand who these individuals are. So let's go back. You're going to review your customer list, find out who buys frequently from you, how much do they purchase, and why do they purchase, and then you also want to look at your customer list and, and find out who rarely buys from you and why. Same thing in your marketplace. Who's buying from your competition? How much do they buy from your competition? And why are they buying from your competition? And also, who rarely buys from your competition? And why are they avoiding your competition? It's important that you know who these purchasers are in your marketplace and from your own products and services. Now let's remember Pareto's principle, or the law of the vital few. Pareto was an Italian person who came up with the 80-20 rule. You've probably heard about that. 80% of your business is purchased by 20% of your customers, or if you look at it conversely the other way, 20% of your customers buy 80% of your products and services. Just like 20% of your customers are your world's biggest headache, and, and the other 80% aren't. So when you look at your marketplace, you know who your best customers are, and then there's the rest. So your best customers are going to be the largest purchasers of your products and services, but they actually represent a small portion of your customer base the 80-20 rule. So you've got your numbers. You know how much they buy from you. You know who's buying from you. You know who's not buying from you. You know who buys from your competitor. You know who's not buying from your competitor. And if you've taken all those numbers down, you know who is the 20% that's buying 80% of your business. You know who your top customers are. Now, let's take those customers and let's start painting a picture about them. It's always good to know who is not really right for your services. It's very important that you know this. These could be rude people. They could be people who always buy on credit when you're a cash-based business. They can always want something free where you really can't afford to give away any of your products or services. They're brand snobs and you're selling discount items. They're uneducated and you're selling a very technical, highly educated product. They're obnoxious. They just you can't deal with them. They're just obnoxious individuals. They always complain. 
They're never satisfied no matter what you do. They're late paying their bills. They're 90, 120 days late. Oh, it's aggravating and you need cash now. You sell a daycare service and they don't have any children. You sell uh, marriage services and they're single. They only buy discount and you sell premium price items. They don't tip in your service industry. They're killing you. And the worst part is they never, they just don't give you referrals. They are like this guy. They are just, oh, who would want to be with him? Those are customers that aren't right for you. Conversely now, once you know who's not right for you, let's determine who is right for you. They're happy customers. They always pay in full and on time. They love to give referrals. They're a child and you sell daycare services. They're obnoxious and you like to help turn around obnoxious people. They provide input that's valuable for you to improve on the quality and the products and services that you're delivering. They're never satisfied and that's the customer you want. You wanna make them satisfied. They're single and you sell single services. They're uneducated and you sell education services. Could be English as a second language or tutoring. They're brand conscious and you sell the most premium clothing that you could possibly find on the planet. And they pay on time. They like to buy a discount. You're a discount servicer. They want something free. You always throw in something free on top of no matter what it is that they purchase. And they're a genuine tipper. They give you the cash that you need. They are like this kid who could not want her as a customer. So you got your who, who is right for your business and you got who is not right for your business. And the best thing to do is when you've got all that data, who the, who's the 80% that buys, um, who's the 20% that buys 80% of your business and who's buying from your competitors and who's not buying from you and who's buying not buying from you and not from your competitors, vice versa, you get all that information. What you do is you like, just like this, you brainstorm out descriptors of who's not right for your business and descriptors of who is right for your business. Then you take those descriptors and you apply it back to the data that you have. It's important that you apply this back to your market data. It allows you to compare the ideal customer that you have already listed out and who is actually buying from you and from your competitors. It's very important. Your ideal customer really may not be purchasing from you. They might be purchasing from your competitors. Or your ideal customer may not be purchasing from anybody in your marketplace. It's important that you know this. And it also lets you know when you look at these descriptors compared to your data, how much you have actually sold or undersold to these particular customers. You may be leaving a lot of money on the table. So let's say hypothetically that you're running a daycare service and you've gotten, you know that you want married people, you want single people, you want people who have two children and you want people who have one, chil one child. So you've gone out and you looked at how many units you're selling and the gold is those who have actually bought those units or those products and the, the blue is the untapped. So if you're looking at your married ideal customers who've got two children or anyone who's got two children, they are already pretty much bought most of your products and services and you're missing your single mom, your single dad, or those families with one child. So it's very important that you apply this back to your data. It's gonna allow you to see where you're missing when it comes to your customers or who you may not actually be a, a marketing to at all. And these are actually, you are your ideal customers. And then it allows you, let's build a full picture. So in this marketplace, we know uh, who is 
that we want to come walking through and purchasing from our stalls. In this case, it's a tourist. It's a that's a tourist location. So you use your data, you use your descriptors to paint a what a what the ideal customer looks like and how they will act. That's a typo on my part, but I thought I'd leave it in there just for fun to see if you've actually been paying attention. So you know who your ideal customer is versus who's not ideal for your business and you know how they're purchasing and buying from you and from your competitors, now you know how you want them to act when they come through your store. And it is incredibly important that you know this because if they're giving off buying signals while they're talking to your salespeople and they don't understand how this ideal person is supposed to act, they're gonna miss those opportunities to either upsell, cross-sell, or have that customer walk out with more than what they may have intended to purchase at your place of business. The other thing is you need to know is actually if you know how they act and you know how they are and you know what they look like and know how they smell, you could taste this ideal customer. Do they actually exist in your marketplace? It's very important. An ideal customer has to exist in your marketplace, near your place of business in order to be marketed to. Your location and how you reach out to them matters in order to how you're going to market to your ideal customer. So if you're running a high class premium business of you know nothing but top of the line fashion design and it's located in the middle of the ocean and no one goes to because all your ideal customers either shop at uh, on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills or on Saks Fifth Avenue in New York City or they, they do uh, shopping runs to London you're not in the right location for your ideal customer. Now you could be if you're using the web, but the reality is that you're not. So location, location, location matters when it comes to reaching who your ideal customer is. Whether they purchase on the web, they purchase through a mail order, they purchase through catalog, they purchase over the phone, it matters where your ideal customers are. So you got your data, you got your descriptors, you kind of know how they're gonna act when they come through your store, are they actually around where you exist to purchase your products and services? And lastly, you need to assess your methods of communication with your current customer. It could be television ads. They may want to be communicated over through, through, through television. It could be uh, product placements and shows. It could be through print, either through journal articles, newspaper articles, news magazine articles, print ads. It could be in person. Your customers might like to deal with a salesperson one-to-one -one or a consultant or someone else who is an advisor to them to help them with their business or purchasing their products and services. And it could be over the internet. They actually, your, your customers may actually do searches on the internet for your products and services versus actually going to trade shows or anything else like that. And lastly, they actually may be heavy users or are about to be heavy users of social media like Facebook, StumbleUpon, Twitter, Google, and LinkedIn. The importance is you have to communicate your message into the medium that your current customers and your ideal customers are moving and communicating in. If I'm selling uh, fashion design items and I'm, I'm hanging out on Facebook and none of my ideal customers, they all look for uh, print ads in, in, in a specific magazine, I'm not communicating in the right area. I am missing the, that ideal customer and I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting, most importantly, my money. Well, that's the end of how to uh, determine who your ideal customer is. Again, I'm Erwin Martin with the Von Gehr Consulting Group. You can find us online, talk to us on Twitter, and we even have a fan page on Facebook. 
Thank you very much for your time.